I'm going to start things a little bit differently on this edition of Talk About Lander. We're going to dive right in to Season 3, Episode 7, Creme de Menthe. And if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk About Lander. Also, Carson on air. I, I love the live tweeting. I love the interaction all through the week. What I didn't love, though... I didn't love this episode, and it pains me to say that. I'm not going to lie, though. When I watched hashtag Outlander at midnight, I was ready. I was all in, and I just got angrier and angrier. I'm looking at the clock, counting down how many minutes were left in the episode. I felt I felt kind of betrayed that less than 12 hours ago, and probably six hours ago, Jamie and Claire are reuniting in bed, rediscovering each other, telling each other bits and pieces as to what's gone on. And then just in this quick snap, they suddenly, not that they were strangers, but they, did they like each other? I don't know. It felt like they were prioritizing other things. And and I get it. Jamie's got liquor to take care of, but Claire, out of nowhere, suddenly I'm just going to be a doctor again. And that's part of her. Absolutely. It's her identity. But... I was I was angry and I got on Twitter afterwards and a lot of other people felt the same way. But then I watched it again and I think I was able to take the emotion out and get a little bit more into the plot points. So, yes, this episode is it's kind of a rough one to watch. Not like the first 5. I mean, those were the two of them separated are beyond torture. But this one um it was definitely rougher, but it moved the story along. Okay. So, I get it. And I kind of, again, something else that I don't normally do. I want to start with the end of the episode with the print shop burning down that the overwhelming theme to me running through this episode is that timing is everything. Think about it. Claire has not even been back with Jamie for 48 hours and the print shop is gone, which would have happened regardless as to whether or not she was there. So... The print shop being gone. Let's say she had just decided to wait two days. She waited a week to go back through the stones. Jamie, Jamie would have been gone again. I mean, timing, when you start looking at it like that, the the chances, the 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 way this couple manages to find each other, it, it suddenly becomes almost like they're walking on a cliff and you're very afraid someone's gonna fall off. Like it it added a whole other set of dimensions and nerves for me. Like Wow, what could have been? But okay, thankfully, at the very least, they're together. Now, let's 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 rewind it. Let's go back to the beginning. Timing is everything. Claire is being attacked by this guy that's searching for Jamie's ledgers and manages to kind of hit him with a knife, but of course, his his knocking himself out. It, it's all him. He trips. And Jamie rushes in the room what? Maybe 5 minutes after the attack has begun. Again, timing Jamie, Jamie would not have come back to the room that quickly. He would have gone through his typical day in Edinburgh, but because Claire was there, he comes back. So this guy would have found, I mean, whatever Jamie kept there, but he would have been had, uh, he would have had the luxury of more time to rifle through things had Claire not been there and had Jamie not been rushing back to Claire. So I thought that was, that was an interesting way to start that the timing on this, Claire's presence actually really helps Jamie because they find the note, the information in this guy's pocket that Percival is looking to seize the liquor. He's looking to conduct searches, which then taps off, tips off Madame Jean and they can get the liquor on out. So they're moving the liquor. Claire goes to the apothecary because she wants to save this guy. I get the Hippocratic Oath, but I mean, does that does the Hippocratic Oath, like, do we not have a fine line there? Like, hey, this dude tried to kill you and maybe rape you. Like, you don't have to save his life. 
I'm not a doctor. I certainly don't know. But when she goes to the apothecary, again, you're looking at timing is everything. She can't wait. She butts in line. And Archibald, man, he is quick right there. Oh, you're a healer? Sure, if you'll handle my sister free of charge. But even time was so precious to her, she couldn't wait for one guy to get the tonics for his sister. So the negotiation goes on there. Meanwhile, Fergus is talking to young Ian. They're selling the liquor. They're moving it. They're talking about Claire and how she's caused the calamity. Well, no, she didn't. This guy was going to break into Jamie's room anyway. Again, it's that Claire was there, that Jamie came back, and we figured out the dastardly plot that Percival was going to try to imprison Jamie and seize his liquor. So really, Claire being back is a very good thing. So we get back to the room. Claire's working against time to save this beast. Um, again, it's all about time. She's she's drilling in his head, which, fun fact, Outlander, I don't need to see that. You made me a little bit squeamish, but I get it. You're showing me Claire's medical prowess. Um, meanwhile, here's Jamie trying to figure out, like, what, what, what is wrong with my wife? Like, this dude tried to kill her, and she wants to save him. But then, hey, here's Percival. He's coming to check the brothel and see if he can find the liquor, which, again, timing, they've already gotten rid of. I mean, this is this is almost military in how this came out. Like, they had it done in X amount of time, and then this guy shows up in Y amount of time and can't find a drop. Meanwhile, upstairs, the guy's dead. Claire couldn't save him in time. And then along those lines of time, she starts talking about Boston. If I was in Boston, if I was in a proper, she didn't say it, but if she was in a proper 20th century hospital, well, you're not. You came back to the 1700s in Scotland. Like, girl, do you see this red-headed, magnificent creature in front of you? It's okay that you're not in Boston anymore. In fact, I would I would much rather be back there than in the 20th century with sterilization. I mean, let's be honest, right? That's why we all feel the same way. Um, so getting away from the time for a second, just kind of a plot note. Does it feel to anybody else that Claire in that scene is is trying to build walls? That she's, she's very aloof. She's very standoffish with Jamie. And he... He seems to be very honest, very open. It To me, it was kind of hearkening back to the episodes where they're first married in season one, that he's very blunt, he's very open, he's very honest, and she seemed to be more hidden because, of course, she's thinking about trying to get back to the stone, she's trying to get back to Frank, but that's that's not the dynamic anymore. You chose to be here, girl. Like, maybe be a little bit more embracing. Um, so then Claire decides she's got to go run out and see the Campbells. Again, you have been back with Jamie for less than 24 hours. Oh, my God. Is there not even time for a hug, a quick peck goodbye? I mean, that was the other thing that really bothered me about this episode, that there was absolutely just there was like no, no intimacy, no touching. It just seemed I get it. It's two strangers trying to find their way back to each other. But throw me a bone here. Um, What we needed was comic relief. God bless you, Fergus and Ian. That was, uh, <laughs> I mean, was, was anybody surprised when Fergus said that he lost his virginity in a menage a trois? No, but still just amazing. And young Ian looking at Bridget, you need to find a guy to look at you the way Ian looks at Bridget. I need to find a guy to look at me the way Ian looks at Bridget. It was absolutely adorable. Uh, so now we we go back to Claire and she's hanging with the Campbells again. I know I keep harping on it, but this is the theme of the episode. It was all about timing. Think about it. Had she waited 12 more hours to go to the Campbells, like she goes the next day, they're leaving for the West Indies tomorrow. Um, she she talks about here's the tea. 
I'm not sure the significance of this episode of this uh, of this scene just yet. But Outlander, nothing is accidental. Nothing is incidental. Absolutely, this will come back at another time. But again, timing wise, yep, she managed to make it there in the nick of time to say stop giving her the laudanum. So they finally we get Jamie and Claire back together which I'm very, very excited to see. And they're talking about the housing situation. And for some reason, Jamie can't figure out why Claire wouldn't want to live in a brothel. But in terms of not necessarily time, but planning the future, I like that Claire is saying um, we could have a happy life here. Why don't I set up practice in the back of your shop? And as they're setting up for possibly a, hey, let's figure out our future. Bam, interruption, because timing is everything. Old Ian is downstairs and the emotions when he sees Claire and says, Jenny and I grieved for you for such a long time. I mean, that was I think those were the tears in the episode tonight. Um, And then Jamie lying to him about where young Ian is and walking him out the door again. Here comes timing. He's waiting for the proper time to tell Claire his news. And that's news we find out later in the episode. Time, time, time. They might as well just have a clock in the corner of this episode. Um, timing. Young Ian going to uh, going to get with Bridget. Like, look at him. Looking to get himself going for the first time. And like uncle, like nephew. Am I right? Another one that thinks you do it the way horses do it. That's, I love that callback to the wedding episode. There's there's a good few allusions through this episode that I thought were fantastic for them to put in creme de menthe. Um, but the timing that he's at the print shop with Bridget, so he's able to catch Marble Eye going through and, um, you know, the fire starts and everybody's panicked. We go back to Jamie and Claire and they're, I don't know, it's they're bickering, they're snipping. He's She's attacking him about smuggling and living in a brothel. And then and then she hurls the kind of like, you're not a parent, so you don't know what Jenny and Ian are going through. And then then there's a fight about Frank. And, and I think we were about to come clean. I think we were going to have a really good talk about, nope, she wasn't in love with Frank. She did manage to get that out. But here comes Madame John. There's fire at the print shop. Like, timing. Why is everything interrupting our favorite couple? I just want them to be happy and have a second to speak to each other. But nope. Jamie and Claire run to the print shop and okay, like Sam used to play Batman, right? In some like traveling production, um, you know, like, was it Marvel, DC, whatever the universe is, I think it's DC. Um, I loved Jamie jumping over the railing with the cape behind him. I was like, oh my gosh, Jamie Fraser is Batman. And he's just in time to rescue young Ian, gets him out of the shop. Again, if Claire had come back two days later, all that she would have seen were those embers and that A. Malcolm sign singed on the ground. That That's really what stuck with me this week was the timing of these two. That as much as they were interrupted, as much as things keep getting in the way, their timing, thankfully, has worked out just perfectly. But now... Now time has run out because they're going to take young Ian back to Lollybrock and Jamie's been keeping a secret there. Here's the dagger. Your other wife. That's it. The sound, the sand is through the hourglass. Jamie has got to come clean. And uh, the preview of next week's episode, not happy about it, but we've all we've all seen the pictures from like South Africa and stuff. I mean, we know we know they end up okay. 
but that doesn't make these episodes any less hard to go through. Again, watching Outlander at Midnight, my first viewing of Creme de Menthe, I was I was angry. It felt like our favorite couple had done a complete 180 that they just all everything that they left in the bed, I guess, just stayed there. And after after the evil guy bled on the sheets, I guess it was all done. I just oh, this show is killing me. I know. I know you feel the same way because that's why you're listening, because we can't get enough of it. Um, how many rewatches are you in to print shop, by the way? I Look, when it came to A. Malcolm, I think I would put that on at least once a night. I'm up to somewhere around nine viewings because after watching Creme de Menthe, I had to watch that again to just kind of, you know, get the taste out of my mouth. I needed I needed happy Jamie and Claire. I'm Carson. Thank you so much for listening to Talk About Lander. Please find me on Twitter. I love having those conversations, especially when I should be doing things like, you know, working. It's at Talk About Lander. You can also find me uh, on Facebook and my other Twitter account is Carson on Air. That's C-A-R-S-E-N. Talk About Lander. We will do this again next week when hopefully, yes, I know that they fight, but please, please get Jamie and Claire back together.